Hello, White Sox fans. It is Crystal O'Keefe back with episode 11 now of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, the part of the Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have Wick, Wick ooh, from Red Reporter and Walks Will Haunt podcast to talk about the Reds. So, Wick, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm Wick Terrell. I'm from redreporter.com over on the SVD Network. I've written there off and on for uh, 12 years now, I guess. And I've been kind of the lead writer there since like 2014 and managing editor there for the last five-ish, six-ish years. I don't know. The last couple of years of Reds baseball have kind of um, turned into a big uh, – gob of uh, uh, of the same story over and over again but um we we used to have the red reporter podcast uh on on pretty regular basis uh took a little hiatus during their their um their initial rebuild season of 2022 because we literally ran out of things we wanted to, to talk about at that point in time but um with the uh, the advent of fans versus sports network we decided to rebrand ourselves and get back into the game and so uh that's where walks will hot came from and that's where we'll continue to be over there and uh trying to do our best to to follow what, what the Reds are up to. So I feel you on that walks will haunt. I say it every time that <laughs> the first walk, first pitch, it's just brutal. It always is. Always is. It never fails. <laughs> All right. So the Reds right now are sitting just above the Cardinals in the National League Central with a record of 12 and 15. Um, obviously the Pirates and the Brewers seem kind of relentless right now. So do you think it's kind of a tough climb to at least pass the Cubs? I, I do. I, I, no, I, I certainly do just in theory. Um, I don't foresee this Reds team being the kind of team that even if things break absolutely as good as they possibly can be, that they're going to add anything at all during the summer. Uh, they're just not there yet. This team was not built. To, to do that, even if they surprise a little bit, I'm not sure they want to do that. Um, they are in it for the very, very long term. Um, they've been shedding money left and right. Uh, I, I think there's some good young talent on this team. And I think, you know, like they have the last week or so, obviously taking two out of three in Oakland is, is nice, but that's not something you should be terribly proud of at this point. I don't think, um, but sweeping the Texas Rangers at home, that was big. That was, that was a big series. And uh, they, they made some, some waves and came back in ways that I didn't expect uh, I, I don't know if they knew they could do that at that point, but they're, you know, hopefully building upon that. Um, you know, I, I think they could chase the Cubs, at least for the first hundred ish games of the season. I just think the Cubs are going to be adding at the deadline. And I think that's going to make a big difference for how the last uh, 50, 60 games go for this season. But um, yeah, the Reds are, are hopefully going to make some noise in the National League Central, but um, you know, keeping, keeping the Cardinals down below them would be great. I would love to have that be the storyline going forward this year. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to catch uh, the, the trio of, of, of the Brewers, first off, who I think are the class of the division. Um, and Pittsburgh, who've been surprising and, and played outplayed the Reds five times already this year. Yeah, the Pirates have been on a crazy run. But, hey, you did you brought up, you know, you, you beat the Rangers at home, and they are on top of their game right now, too. So that's that's an impressive yeah, that was that was good. And they came back from a five run deficit and then a six run deficit and then one on a walk off right after that. And it could not have been a um, a better series for for drama in that regard. Of course, that all came after what I I'm already blinking on it, a six game losing streak, I think, for the Reds. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of that. I mean, it's it's a young team. They don't really know who's supposed to be their star yet. They don't really know who's supposed to be their kind of anchor. Uh, either in the rotation also. So it's um, 
they're going to have some spurts. They've got a lot of first round picks on, on the team that have mm-hmm. a lot of talent and a lot of uh, uh, reason why they should have trust in them. Um, but there's also going to be a whole lot of lulls, so to speak. We've already seen a couple of them to start the season. Yeah. So are you not feeling really optimistic about kind of where they're going to be sitting mid season? And then again, in September, I, I, I actually, I'm more excited about September than I am mid season. Um, okay. And that's purely because of what they've done on the farm. Um, their AAA lineup right now is absolutely stacked, frankly. Um, you know, Ellie De La Cruz is pretty consensus top five prospect in the game. He missed the first week and a half of AAA season with, I think it was a hamstring injury, but he's back. Uh, Christian Incarnacion Strand, it was a big, uh, a big piece they got from the Twins and uh, the Tyler Malley deal last uh, summer. Um, was their best hitter all spring long. He also was injured and missed some time, but he's already, I think, homered four times in like five or six games mm-hmm. since being back healthy at AAA. Um, Matt McLean, former first-round pick, has probably hit better than both of them already, and he's on the cusp to come up also. So there are certainly some reinforcements coming for the Reds, and they haven't gotten Joey Votto back yet either, and he's going to be a part of this at some point um, down the stretch this year, hopefully healthy after two major surgeries this offseason. So, um, you know, I mentioned they're not going to go out and trade for anybody at the deadline to get better, but there are some pieces that at least should make them more exciting uh, down the stretch uh, for the second half of the season. I still think that's maybe like seriously optimistically a 72 to 74 win team, mm-hmm. um, but one that should at least uh, uh, have a lot of um, intrigue to it when you watch them. At least bounce back between three and four. Yes, that'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yes. Not last for, for the first time in a while would be nice. Yes, exactly. Um, you brought up Joey Votto. That is actually one of the things I was going to talk to you about. But first, in a perfect world, there's an MVP candidate on the Reds. Who is it? Wow. Um, I, I would like to think a healthy Jonathan India would be that guy. Uh, he was a four-win player two years ago and one rookie of the year, and he should have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he had a tremendous year. He's a guy, especially now with the uh, the new rules and the bigger bases, should be a legitimate 2020 threat, if not 25-25 threat when you factor in playing in Great American Ballpark as small as it is. Uh, good on-base threat and is showing, you know, I think our worries this particular year were that he wasn't the best defender at second base and without shifting, how would that work? He's actually looked pretty good over there so far. Um, so I think that would probably be the guy. I, I don't know if he's got it in him to up his game enough to make that leap but you know strange babip years happen if he got one of those maybe he could um either way he's a really good player i think that's that's the case and uh, i think he's showing so far this year that his struggles last year were purely because he had terrible hamstrings the entire season and missed a lot of time with it and it really was debilitating for his entire game but um 2023 so far looks a lot more like 2021 than it did 2022 and if that's the case that's a that's a really good foundational piece player yeah, I was so bummed. I was there um, at Great American Ballpark last summer when the Mets were in town, and Joey Votto had been scratched, and Jonathan India, I think was I think he got injured during the game, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. So I was like, well, I was looking forward to those two the most. Yeah, I mean, for for as bad as things were last year for the Reds, they lost a hundred games, which they just they've never they're you know, they've been around for a hundred and however many years and never, never done that. Uh, it just, there were a lot of injuries for last year. I mean, they they were going to be bad and they were actively shedding players mid season, like Luis Castillo and Mally and um, got rid of Sonny Gray and Eugenio Suarez. You, the, the list goes on and on. They were supposed to be bad last year, but even mm-hmm. 
with that factored in, a lot of the guys that they were banking on to be kind of the, the present and the future, Jonathan India, you know, front and center of that, just had terrible injury years. Uh, Tyler Stevenson uh, had two concussions and a broken thumb and a broken collarbone on a foul ball and missed, you know, a uh, hundred games also. Uh, they were supposed to be better than they were last year, but they were still, you know, going to be embarking on the rebuild. The hope is we're seeing that play out a little bit more this year and that um, while still not actively trying to contend and still not with the, the open wallet uh, behind them to help back them, um, that there's going to be some better play from the players that are that are still around. And I, knock on wood, I think we're seeing that uh, so far. Well, it is the end of April. We saw that in yeah. April officially. So. so going back to Joey Votto, obviously he started this season on the injured list as he's recovering from those surgeries to, pair, to repair the rotator cuff and the bicep. Um, that was back in August. Mm-hmm. Has there been any update with his rehab or like when he might return? Because last I checked, it was still kind of just up in the air. Yeah, I think it's still kind of up in the air. You know, I was talking about Indian Stevenson last year. Votto, same way. I mean, he has seen his season ended early in August, uh, but he was playing hurt all year long. Mm-hmm. And the guy who, um, you know, mercifully bounced back very, very well in, in 2021 and hit 36 home runs and uh, 940-ish OPS. The guy that we've gotten used to see, uh, over the last 15 years just was never right last year. And so I think um, there's kind of a mutual agreement between he and the Reds that they don't want him back fighting through things the way that he was last year. He says he's healthy and I believe him in that regard because he's always been, you know, part of the reason why I, I write about the Reds and have for so long is I've got a chance to cover Joey Votto, which mm-hmm. it's awesome because he's, he's the most frank and open guy. When you ask him any of these questions, um, he doesn't want to play unless he's right. And, you know, even if he's healthy, that doesn't mean he's got the experience and the day-to-day wear and tear and how to wake up sore the next day and adjust your swing accordingly. All those things are still kind of getting worked out. So he started the season at AAA, um, got his almost full rehab stint in, and the Reds basically brought him back because he wasn't going to be ready to be activated at that point. Um, they didn't want to just send him down to AAA and have him play for three months down there either. So he is in Cincinnati. He's working out with the team. He's in the dugout for home games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will probably be back at some point in May, but there's still been no definitive uh, uh, note about any of that just yet. So, um, you know, it's it's frustrating on a number of different levels because a it's Joey Votto, but B it's also his last year and your TD year on, on under contract with the Reds. And um, you know, you want to see as much of them as you possibly can before that contract expires. But um, I also think he's doing his best to make sure that, you know, he doesn't become a distraction mm-hmm. um, for such a young and rebuilding team. That's kind of looking for its identity. He doesn't want to kind of roll back in there until he knows a, that he can hit and contribute, but also B, that, you know, he's not going to be necessarily the biggest story on the active roster for how they're playing. He'll be the biggest story when he gets activated, but yeah. um, that he doesn't have to walk right in and, and rescue things. He wants them to kind of be able to figure out things themselves. But I, I would anticipate hopefully by the end of May, we will see yeah. him back. He's also not getting any younger. He'll be 40 this year. So those yeah. injuries, you know, I uh, know that as you get older, they're not as easy to heal. I, I hit 40 as well. And um, yeah, it's every morning you wake up and find out what it is you did yesterday that you shouldn't have done. So yeah, that's <laughs> that, I, I'll verify that. I just went to the chiropractor actually this <laughs> over the weekend and they were like, he was like, oh my gosh, this is just so tight. What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, like 
walking my dog. <laughs> the usual. I'm doing the usual. It just doesn't you work know? the same anymore. Yeah. Just type in. He's like, well, that's awful here. It's like, all right, well, thank you. I'm closer to 40 than I want to admit. So hush. <laughs> um, with Votto, though, how do you, how crucial do you think he is to everyday lineup once he's back if he's kind of back at that full power you know I I think he can still be good I mean you know we saw Nelson Cruz last night uh, be the oldest player to what homer and steal a base since god knows when um you know I think Votto showed that he's still got something left in the tank I mean who knows if he's going to be an MVP again I, I doubt that I mean even in even in the 2021 season that we're hoping was the exception and not the rule um you know, he, he still had his defensive limitations that he's not, uh, I don't think he's, I think he's 17 shy of 100 stolen bases for his career. I don't think he's going to get there even with the new rules. So uh, there are aspects of his game that I don't think are necessarily going to uh, ever come back, but um, the pitch recognition is there. The swing change was the biggest note I think for us is that um, in 2021, actually the end of the 2020 shortened season was when he put that in place and the way he finished 2020 and then all the way through 2021, even when he broke a finger and missed a month, still hit 36 home runs. Um, it's not the same juice ball it was a couple of years ago, but still I think uh, his his on-base ability and the new swing, if the surgery works and there's no guarantee any of that is going to work, I think there's still enough left in the tank. Um, I think for him also, he's I don't think he's ready to retire, despite the fact mm-hmm. that this is his last guaranteed year. Um, I think he wants to be able to be back and right to showcase himself and whether it's good enough for the Reds to say, yeah, we'll pick up that option instead of buying you out for seven ish million or whatever it is. Um, I, I think he wants to play still somewhere and be good enough in a limited stretch down this, you know, end of this season to get that. And so I think he's, I think he's actively, you know, preparing to show that he's still got something left. And I think he's the kind of player that wouldn't, wouldn't wait this long if he didn't think he still had something left, if that makes sense. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you could write out the string, you know, not that Miguel Cabrera deserves anything other than a hall of fame induction when he gets, you know, uh, uh, five years eligible, but he's played out the string this year. That's, that's kind of how he wants to do it. I don't think Votto's there yet. And yeah. I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Thinking of, I mean, now we're going to kind of transition to your younger players. Hunter Green recently inked a six-year contract, $53 million, guaranteed through 2028 season. It includes a $21 million club option and a $2 million buyout for 2029. So, again, at 23, seems like a great contract. He does seem to be your ace. His ERA is actually pretty good, 2.89 in 28 innings. Uh, just from this year. So how do you feel about this contract? And is there anyone else that you feel like the Reds really need to work on to extend? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when he was drafted second overall, I, I, if I remember correctly at the time, uh, he had the highest draft bonus ever. He got the highest bonus by going second that year. I think it's like 7.3, 7.2-ish million that's since been surpassed. But um, he's been, you know, the present and future of the Reds for a while now. Uh, had Tommy John surgery you know, missed basically two full years for that, plus the pandemic, all the other stuff. Um, It seems like he had been like, we've been waiting around trying to see exactly how, you know, phenom this guy really is for the longest time. And then he even missed some time last year with some stuff where he was kind of just a little little banged up. Um, The stuff is, it's unbelievable. It really is. And the more you get to see it, 
the more you realize why he's always been, you know, regarded as the special talent. So I, I applaud the Reds for committing to him first. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a pretty team friendly deal all told. I mean, there's a lot of contracts out there that are very, very similar to this. I think Mm -hmm. it was a pretty market value deal. Um, I think the Reds would be silly not to have jumped at that opportunity, despite the fact that they've been incredibly austere over the last uh, two years. Um, I think he's the first, I think it was the most obvious choice to be that kind of next face of the franchise. And I yeah. say that because, you know, we just talked about Votto coming off the books in theory at, at the end of this year. That's, that's the book. There's nobody else. Nobody else is under contract except for Hunter Green. Um, so to commit to him first, I think is, is significant. Um, I also wonder if it's a little bit of a sign of the times, because if you had to ask me the other two players who I really think they should commit to both starting pitchers also, uh, Nick Lodolo, who pitched today, uh, had a couple rocky starts his last two times out against Tampa, who who hasn't struggled against Tampa this year, yeah. um, and then also against the Rangers. But first three starts of the year dominated the Phillies, uh, 12Ks, seven, uh, short, seven scoreless innings in his second game of that year. Also a former first-round pick, uh, twice been a first-round pick because he didn't sign with the Pirates when they took him uh, before he went to TCU. Another guy who I think is a prime candidate to be an extension uh, candidate – and then Graham Ashcraft has outpitched both of them so far this year. Uh, a guy who, because he was a six-round pick and a little bit under the radar also, might actually be the guy the Reds could get on a team-friendly deal. I think he signed for like 250000 bucks as a signing bonus. So, like, mm-hmm. he hasn't gotten a lot of changing money the way the other two first-round draft picks did uh, uh, on their signing bonuses. Um, I think those are the three obvious guys you go to. And if you do that, you're setting yourself up saying, you know, we're, we're a pitching franchise, which uh, – you know, the Reds have never been a pitching franchise. No. They, even when they've won, they've always been a hitting franchise. So it's it's kind of a weird, weird transition uh, in, in that regard. But I think they've got three guys that are worthy of that. And mm-hmm. we'll see if the the green contract was the more of the tip of the iceberg than the exception to the rule, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was a great contract. All right, let's take just a very quick break to pay some bills. And we're back. <laughs> Uh, again, I'm Crystal O'Keefe, and I'm here to talk to Wick about all things Reds. So let's start breaking down this series. The White Sox are down bad. <laughs> they finally beat the Rays um, after a 10-game losing streak. Pretty embarrassing. Um, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of injuries. We've got Tim Anderson, who will be back. You know, by the time this series, he comes back for the twin series. Yohan Mancata is unsure. Andrew Benatendi's. I mean, there's a lot of people we're just kind of unsure about right now. Um, so the Reds are doing a little bit better, but do you feel like this might be an evenly matched series? I would like to think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, without, I, I looked at it earlier, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think, um, I know Lodolo is supposed to pitch. I think is it Ashcraft and Luke Weaver also are supposed to pitch in that series as well. So if you're getting two of the Reds, quote unquote, big three, I, I think the Reds have to believe that, you know, for the same reason, I think both of them are worthy of extensions in their young careers. The Reds have to feel pretty confident about both of those guys when they're on the mound, um, despite Lodolo's kind of blip on the radar for, for a couple of starts as well. They're playing some decent baseball also. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to argue with that. And um, they've gotten some guys back that have made a big impact. Um, you know, Part of the reason why I think everybody was kind of down on the Reds this year, A, it was the injuries from last year, but B, it was the injuries from a lot of years before that. 
And that brings me to Nick Senzel, who is number two overall draft pick in 2016. For a long, long time, uh, was the guy who we all were hoping was going to be the next big, you know, uh, product to come out of the red system and, and take off. Hasn't done so. Uh, he's gotten moved all over the diamond. He came up as a second baseman, third baseman. They played him in center field. He has been hurt every which way you could possibly be hurt. He's had COVID twice, I think. He's had vertigo before that. Um, torn labrum, uh, broken foot, broken toe, knee injury, you name it. And just staying on the field and getting any sort of consistency has been impossible for him. And that was the case all winter as well. And he missed the start of the season. And I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of wrote him off. Uh, mm -hmm. The Reds went out and got outfield help in some of the trades. They signed Will Myers. They looked like they had made him kind of redundant all over the diamond, yet he came back and has done nothing but absolutely crushed the ball since then. Uh, homered again today, two hits, scored a run, scored two runs. Um, you know, they've got him playing hot at the right time, mm -hmm. and everybody else is healthy except Joey Votto. So I, I think they're in a pretty good spot. And uh, Sinzel has kind of helped not just round out the lineup offensively because he's hit, um, but he adds that layer of versatility that uh, I think David Bell wanted to have with this Reds roster. And you know, they've got lefty starters the last two days and have started right-handed hitters in all nine spots. And they will do it again tomorrow um, when they're up against uh, Blake Snell in San Diego. But they've also got guys who can play four different positions and they will move them all over the diamond. It's kind of coming together in that platoon, uh, nameless, faceless way that the Reds <laughs> have built this roster to be. So I think they're figuring that out. You know, whether or not they're, that's good enough to last, uh, whether or not the bullpen that they didn't spend any money on all offseason can hold out longer than it has. They just put Fernando Cruz on the DL, uh, IL rather, yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's a big, big part uh, of how you win games, and they kind of overlooked that. Um, but I think they're in a pretty good spot. So hopefully it's uh, it, they come in ready to play, and I don't expect them to be rolled over the way that I have yeah. for several series so far this year. <laughs> so what are your keys for them to take the series? I mean, obviously starting pitching is incredibly important. Are, are there anything, is there anything else you can think of that would really put them on top? So starting pitching, I think is it's key for everybody, obviously, but with the mm -hmm. Reds, as I mentioned with their bullpen, um, they've got to get deep in games because they just don't have proven arms. I mean, literally look, you look at their, their bullpen right now and it's, now, I mentioned Fernando Cruz. He was a 32-year-old rookie last year, um, <laughs> and he's been leaned on pretty heavily so far this season. Um, the rest of it is guys who came in on non-roster deals like Alex Young, um, Derek Law, who I believe was a minor league signing. Um, they've got waiver claims out there. They've got, I think, three pitchers they've already used this year who they themselves designated for assignment. Nobody claimed them. They stayed within the organization, and then they got put back on the active roster later. So it's – they're admittedly like they've got some talent. There's a reason why that they're, they're still there, but it's a hodgepodge down there. So um, doing their best to make sure the bullpen is not asked to win these games is crucial. And whether or not that's the offense jumping at the big leads or that's the, the, you know, the starting pitchers they're depending on getting deep enough into games to, to turn it over to the right pieces back there. Um, they, they can't, they can't keep depending on this bullpen. Um, even though it's been pretty, reliable-ish so far this year. They've pitched a lot more innings than I think they can sustain down there, and there aren't a whole lot of other arms to, to cycle up there to replace those guys either. <laughs> yeah, our, our bullpen is also just atrocious. I mean, we can all look back and laugh now, but 
Aaron Bummer gave up, you know, 10 runs against the Rays the other night, which was the most, I mean, Lanslin made it to seventh inning on an, he was, he was going through a no hitter at the time and Wander Franco does what he does best yeah. and, you know, gets the home run and then they pull an Aaron Bummer and that last name is very fitting because man, that guy frustrates me so much. And, you know, 20 minutes later, cause I felt like that seventh inning went on <laughs> forever. <laughs> They've got 10 runs and now we are way behind. So yeah, our bullpen isn't, isn't great either. Yeah. I mean, the Reds are using Luis Sessa and Luke Weaver, both who, I mean, Sessa had been a reliever for the Reds for two years. He had been a starter since I think 2017 with the Yankees. And that's the number four guy. That's going to be the number five guy. Um, you know, Luke Weaver was one of the few guys, I think they gave him 2 million guaranteed, excuse me, over the winter. Um, and his role was kind of undefined, but with all the other parts that have fallen down in the, the back end of the rotation, he's a guy they're depending on to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City didn't even use him as a starter last year. Uh, when they got a midseason, he hasn't really been a proven starter. I think he threw 125-ish innings in 2017, 2018 with St. Louis, which is three organizations ago. And so that's that's the back end of the, the starting rotation. Those are guys that you would have expected to be kind of mid-tier bullpen guys, but that's – that's where the Reds are at this moment. So, uh, unfortunately for the White Sox, I hope. Hopefully, fortunately for the Reds. Uh, and Lodolo and Ashcraft, they, they're getting two of the actual proven pitchers that the Reds can roll out there uh, in the same series. Yeah. I will actually be there for one game in this series because I am a two-hour drive to Cincinnati, thankfully. Nice. So, I'm excited to – I mean, I love Great American Ballpark. It is a really fun park. Ever yeah. since the, the 2015 All-Star game, when they put a lot of money into it, mm-hmm. um, and I think they finished the banks pretty – I think it might have been the year before, or might have been that same year also. Um, it's become a really, really fun park to go see, which is – that's the most frustrating part about it is because they've been <laughs> so just actively bad. Uh, it's yeah. one thing to play poorly, but it's another thing that, like, you you read the tea leaves of the entire offseason and say they don't, they don't want to win. Um, it's really turned the crowds there into – you know, as sparse as they could possibly be, which is frustrating. And um, I grew up down the road in Lexington, Kentucky. That's that's yeah. home. That's where all of my family is from. And my, my dad's mom's side of the family is all from Cincinnati, and he obviously grew up a big Reds fan. Um, I haven't lived there in almost 12 years. I've been in Denver ever since then. Um, I miss going to games at Great American. They really are a blast. Um, I think I picked the right city to move to if I didn't want to lose my Reds fandom because the Rockies have done – Absolutely nothing to win me over <laughs> since I've been out here, which is part of the reason why I still uh, still follow the Reds as much as I do. But um, it's the more I've had a chance to be out here, I love Coors Field as well. It's a great spot to see yeah. games. But Great American really is. It's a fun, cozy experience. Plus, you sit anywhere in the outfield, I'm sorry, you're going to have three or four uh, homers fly your way every game also. So Yeah, that's true. I, it's, it's fun. And I love the museum attached kind yeah. of to it with the gift shop. We actually just recently – um, again, when we were watching the Mets last year, we went into that museum with the kids for the first time. And my my son wants to go into sports broadcasting. And so he's sitting there like at the little, you know, the radio booth. And then they're both looking at the teleprompter and kind of recording. And I mean, they just they had a blast. And I was like, this is your future. And this is what you want. <laughs> and he was like, that museum was just 
so cool and that was so much fun and I mean they love that ballpark too they love to just go like sit on the statues hang out with Johnny Bench you know yeah yeah no it's it's a tremendous they do a tremendous job at at the Museum and Hall of Fame as well I I, I need to get back there and go back through it again because it's been I think since 2018 since the last time I, I went through that um it's a they do a tremendous job with that and uh, I'm, I'm so glad that 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 developed the way that it did and mm-hmm. yeah that's it, it, it's a cool very I suggest anybody who's listening to this and then heading to Great American factor that into your trip because it's it's worth your while it's uh it's obviously it's Reds history but the Reds have been around for a really long time so it's it's every other team's history and they're a lot yeah. too and they, they celebrate that and well at the time I went they the kind of exhibit that they were going through was the history of like Cuban baseball players. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just reds. I mean, obviously when you kind of get upstairs and stuff, it, it's more reds, but like that opening floor, they've always got really cool exhibits going through there. And I love the wall of all of the kind of minor league jerseys too. Those are really neat. Um, and then that wall of baseball, like that, it's so cool in there. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's quite, quite cool. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know a ton of, um, White Sox fans are, are going to make that trip. So, yeah, definitely. It'll be nice to have Chicago fans that aren't Cubs fans finally flooding that stadium again. So, it's, uh, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> there's always, everywhere you go, though, there's always a Cubs fan. It doesn't matter what team's playing. There Without fail. Be a Cubs fan. Oh. <laughs> so, let's move on for kind of your general thoughts for this season. I mentioned, you know, who might go all the way who might be the underdog or what team is you know that you thought should be kind of shining right now is just really bad so before the season i picked uh the toronto blue jays to win the world series i do i do five dumb predictions for the reds and for the entire major league season call them dumb Uh, it's my get out of jail free card for when they inevitably (laughs) sound dumb much later um picking the Blue Jays to win the World Series might be my smartest one so far. Uh, I just think it's a club that, you know, for all the good pieces that they already have, it's a club with ambition. And I think that means a lot in today's modern game, um, the way the teams approach things and how much happens at the deadline. Uh, I expect them to be incredibly active with whatever it is they need to get. And uh, I think they look up and realize that while the American League East is still a beast in Tampa, I think they thought Tampa was going to be good. I don't think they thought they'd start as well as they have this year. Um, but I think they thought that Boston was a little bit down. Baltimore might be a pitcher or two away. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees, while good, you know, they're not peak Yankees right now, I don't think. And I think they saw a chance to capitalize on that, and they've got a really good roster together. So um, I'm, I'm going to stick with that one. I think Toronto is my team to beat yeah. for the season. It's hard not to look at what San Diego did and not just like drool at that a little bit also. So um, I, I I picked them to be in the World Series from the National League. Uh, they obviously haven't got off to the, the best of starts yet, and they've got the juggernaut Cincinnati Reds coming to town for three games tomorrow, so they might get a little further in the hole before they they, they make their climb. That's the one I'm a little bit, a little bit more skeptical on. Um, I, I do anticipate them continuing to be – absurdly aggressive if they need to they've no, shown no stopping that so far um but i just don't know exactly what other piece they can turn to without you know making good expensive players they've committed to being somewhat redundant and i don't know if they'll go that far um but yeah it's been 
it's been a very interesting April. There've been a lot of uh, uh, teams that I expected to play better Chicago for one. I, I thought I didn't, I didn't expect them to be great this year, um, not that bad. <laughs> but I'm not, not, not as bad as they've been. And, and obviously injuries, you, you take Tim Anderson and put him on the side. That's, that's a big, big part of uh, not just the numbers, of the lineup, but also the, uh, the mentality of the team and uh, just how they play. And that's just, that's an injury that just crushes things. So hopefully they will be better going forward, but um I also still try to temper my expectations for every team through the month of April and see how things play out. Um, you know, going back to the nationals of 2019 and they were what 19 and 32 before going on to win the world series. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of baseball left to be played out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, again, Wick, thank you so much for coming on. Here's your chance to, you know, plug your socials and let everybody know where to find you. Walks Hot FFSN is technically the um, uh, the Twitter handle for our, our our podcast, which we have not really leaned into just yet. We're getting that fired back up. Follow us at Red Reporter for the time being. That's that's kind of where you'll find most of our stuff shared as we try to begin to build our audience with the, with the podcast back. Um, you can follow me at Wick Terrell if you want to. It's a lot of baseball stuff and a lot of dumber stuff as well, um, <laughs> which I try to I try to to moderate that and and and. and bridge the gap at least a little bit, but um, definitely read our stuff at redreporter.com. We're doing our best to stay focused on covering the big league team, especially since they've been better so far this season than we started. Um, but now that the rest of the farm system is healthy and we've got a, a top three or four farm system in the game right now, after trading away all the names that you used to know that played for the Cincinnati Reds elsewhere, we've got half of Seattle system and half of the twin system right now. Um, as minor leagues really begin to heat up, we're looking forward to uh, to focusing a lot of our coverage over there on that. Also, um, we're firing up a, a second podcast uh, about the Reds minor leagues that should be getting started at some point in early May as well. So uh, follow us on the suggested spots I mentioned earlier, and you will get more information on on that and what Ellie La Cruz and Christian and Carnacio and Strand are up to at AAA Louisville. So. Yeah, you're yeah, you're the bats, right? We are the bats, the Louisville bats. Yeah, the Reds. That's have, a fun stadium. It's a Louisville's a fun city. Yeah. I'm, I'm biased. Yeah. I've got some family up there. It's a really really fun city. But they've they've committed a lot to to making that part of town and 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 the stadium itself there. And much like with the Reds, you know, you've got the uh, the actual bats factory and museum right there also, which is a super fun thing to go check out. So yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the International League Baseball and, and, and AAA Baseball, make a trip down to Louisville, uh, ideally in May, because by June, that lineup might be a lot different than it is <laughs> right now. Um, but it's a fun club to go check out in a fun stadium. Yeah, it is. Uh, and go to the Slicker Museum. That place is so much fun, too. All right. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck to you in this series. And um, let's just hope Joey Votto comes back soon. Sooner than later, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Bye.